Welcome to Gil Reads Comics, where every week we recap and review your favorite comics. Today, we're talking about Batman Issue 60, released on December 5th, 2018. This issue was written by Tom King, with art by Mikael Janin, and guest artist Jorge Fornes. There is an epidemic affecting children everywhere. Comic books. Comics everywhere. Avengers, Batman, Wonder Woman, and they're in movies now, too. In the real world, there is no good and evil. Enough! I'm reading comics, and no one's gonna stop me. Adam, we have some comic news. Comic or comic-related news. A lot of times we have comic-related news. But today, we've got comic, actual comic news. Do you know who Tom King is? No. You hear his name every time we talk about Batman. He's the writer. Oh. Yeah. I guess I have heard it. (laughs) Tom King recently talked on Twitter a little bit about his plans for the remainder of this run on Batman. Recently, he referred to the fact that we're actually at about the halfway point of his run, which means he has this whole thing plotted out. It's not just uh, you know flying by the seat of his pants. He has he's now revealed he has exactly 105 issues planned, you know, for his to conclude his story on Batman, and he actually talked a little bit about what's coming up. So today we're talking about issue 60 which wraps up what he calls the cold days arc, you know, in reference to Freeze, Penguin, and all that. Coming up next, issues 61 through 69 will be called Nightmares, but spelled K-N-I-G-H-T, mm. which is a reference to, I'm assuming a reference to way back in the day, you know the whole story about how Bane broke Batman's back. Yeah. That whole story was called Nightfall, you know, K-N-I-G-H-T. <laughs> so Nightmares <laughs> must be about Bane again. Yeah, that would make sense. At minimum, it's about Batman because of night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, and he said that Nightmares is an epic arc that will scrape at the soul of Batman. Scrape at the soul, Adam. Doesn't everything scrape at his soul? I know, which means this one's going to really dig deep. And then you're saying <laughs> to yourself, how, how much further can Batman fall? Well, issues 70 through 74, that's going to be called The Fall of the Fallen. <laughs> so, so things are looking dark. And then yeah, 75. Well, that's what we want. That's what we want, exactly. If we want to laugh, we want lighthearted, you know, hijinks, that's what Spider-Man's for. We're talking about mm-hmm. Batman. That's why we record these Batman issues at night. Spider-Man during the day. Exactly. And then, Adam, issue 75 onward. Issue 75 will kick off a huge bat event with a secret name that will set us up for the conclusion with issue 105, after which I can only assume 
there will never be an issue of Batman again. That's where it all ends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how it works. That's that's the Uh, news. What do you think? hmm. That's cool. Is that is it typical for the a creator of a of a run to kind of give hints about what's coming up? When I read comics years ago, I don't remember it being this definitive. You'd have a writer on a series for a while, and then eventually they'd wrap up. Uh, so I don't know if this is a relatively new phenomenon, but I know the last few years this has not been unusual. Where a writer will talk about, you know, I've got another fifty issues planned. Uh, broadly, here are some of the things you can look forward to. It's not unusual to release the names of issues or story arcs, which give you sort of a hint at what's to come, but you don't really know what. Then you have writers like Robert Kirkman, who's working on Walking Dead, and he'll say crazy things like, all right, we're at issue you know, 150, I've got another 300 planned. <laughs> which if you do the math on that, that's like 40 years of comics. That's kind of funny. The, um, well, in this case, it sort of makes sense because your prediction about Bane. Yeah. Because we're sort of zeroing in on him as the story progresses. Right, right. But it may not be. We'll, we'll save our full reaction to uh, to the reveal at the end of the issue today. But it might not be Bane we're talking about. Or it might not be all about Bane because uh, somebody else has entered the mix. Well, that's it for for comic news. Just wanted to give us a little preview about what's to come. We're going to have to strap in, you know, grab our seatbelts, grab our flashlights. Grab your utility belts. Utility belts, because things are going to get a little dark in here, it seems. Oh, and one other thing. I was going to save this for Editor's Corner, but I think it's appropriate to to, uh, bring it up now. If we're approaching an endgame here where Batman is heading towards some conclusion, I don't want you and I to miss out on any references or things that are going to come full circle in Tom King's run. So going forward, what we're going to do is we got to catch up on Batman. But the way we're going to do it is every episode where we talk about Batman, the new issue, let's also talk about an old issue. So next week when we do, or in a couple weeks when we do issue 61, let's also talk about issue one, two, maybe even three. But we got to catch up. Maybe we won't do full recaps, but at least let's read them and react to them and make sure that we're not missing any substance so we can get the full impact of Tom King's run on Batman as he concludes it. I agree, and I appreciate the eye toward purity. Good, good. I wanted to get that. um, I wanted to record that because I knew if I just texted you or or asked you in person, you'd say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we'll do that for sure. And now everyone will hear. <laughs> yeah, they'll hold me accountable. You are beholden to the bat. That, that that might be the title of the last 30 issues. Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. All right, let's get into issue 60 of Batman. And this issue, this is one of the first times where I've seen you read a comic and really get a reaction from you. You called me earlier and you're like, well, I, I don't. Dude, Batman, I, I can't. And then I said, no, 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 stop. Save it for the podcast. And I think I know what you're reacting to. We'll save that for the end. But that was exciting for me to see a real reaction out of you. Well, actually, my reaction was about something at the very, very beginning. Oh, really? 
Did you know Commissioner Gordon had a six pack? That I wrote that here in my notes. <laughs> I said, "Did you know that Commissioner Gordon was in such good shape?" <laughs> I had no idea. It actually really inspired me. Anytime I see a movie or a comic or anything where a character wakes up at 5 a.m. or earlier, I'm like, I'm going to start waking up at 5 a.m. I'm going to start really being disciplined. And then he had a six-pack on top of that. I'm kicking things into high gear from now on. (laughs) Yeah. You got to get your your inspiration from somewhere. I also noticed that when uh, Commissioner Gordon's alarm clock goes off in this first panel here, Mm-hmm. The beep 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 is the Grand Theft Auto font. Oh, I I knew it looked familiar. Good pull. Yeah. See, th- th- this is this is why I wanted you to start reading the comics too, because I never would have picked up on that. There's layers to this stuff that I was totally missing, and now that you're here, we're picking up on them. Let's get into the issue, but before we do that, Adam, can you give us a quick recap? On issue 59, just the highlights. What are the important things that we need to remember going into issue 60? Okay. Batman and Penguin have teamed up ostensibly to take out Bane, who Penguin led Batman to believe was behind the shooting of his trusty companion. And the death of three or four, actually, innocent women. And more than that, Penguin is telling Batman that Bane's running Arkham, which, as you put it last episode, is essentially the White House of villainy in (laughs) Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. And so Batman teamed up with Penguin, essentially, to do that. And so in the last issue, we basically saw Batman uh, break into Arkham and beat the living daylights out of a defenseless, uh, clueless-looking Bane who was just in a padded cell. And in the very last panel of the issue, we see a little smirk on Bane's face, and it seems like he's faking his uh, catatonic state. Whereas whereas Commissioner Gordon is, is pissed off at Batman because he thinks Batman... Well, first of all, because Batman broke into Arkham and beat up an inmate, but also everyone believes Bane to be basically mentally incompetent. And while Batman was beating up Bane and Jim Gordon showed up, Batman actually turned and punched Jim Gordon. Oh, yeah. So their their relationship right now is a little rocky. That's where we pick up in issue 60. And we're going to try a little bit of a different format today. Because these Batman issues, they tend to jump around in time a lot. They jump between storylines. So it can be kind of hard to keep track of everything, especially when you're recapping in audio form. So I think what we'll try to do this issue is we'll sort of break it up. There's kind of three different focuses. We've got a few pages on Batman, a few pages on Jim Gordon, and a few pages on Alfred and Penguin. And the issue jumps back and forth between them. The way that we're going to run this, let's run through Batman's storyline. Then we'll go through Jim Gordon's. And then we'll conclude with Alfred's. And we're all ties together at the end. We'll start with the Batman story. 
Batman is not happy, which I know is uh, it's not unusual for him, but he's angry. Last issue, he spent the whole issue beating up Bane, and now he's beating up somebody else. Maxi Zeus, or Maxi Zeus, he's on a rooftop beating up this guy who looks like looks like he would fit in Roman times, Greek times, ancient Greeks. Oh, that's right, that's right, Greek times. I'll cut that in. Tell me, who is this Maxi Zeus character? So I I had to dig into the archives a little bit. Uh, Maxi Zeus is a criminal mastermind in Gotham who actually has quite a a large following of henchmen, apparently, or at least at times he does. And his backstory is that he was a Greek history uh, teacher at a high school. And when his his, uh, wife left him, he lost his mind and basically started to believe that he was the god Zeus. And um, has basically been on a power trip ever since, just expanding his his criminal enterprises. Apparently, at times, he's been um, subjected to psychiatric treatment and medication. And when that happens, he becomes totally normal and sane and reasonable. But it seems like he doesn't like to take it. So it's a Jekyll and Zeus situation. Is Jekyll the normal one? Uh, Doctor, yeah, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Okay, yeah. So, in this case, it'd be Mister Maxi, Professor Maxi, Zeus. Zeus. Well, Mister, he's a high school teacher. Man, I have so many things to worry about in my life, and now every time one of my friends gets divorced, I have to look out <laughs> and make sure they don't become Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> Joke landed. I wonder how he got released because Batman says that he got released after serving three months of a life term for killing those boys, which makes it sound like he killed children and he somehow got released after only three months. See, that's what I'm saying about Arkham. Yeah, it's a revolving door. Who's running that thing? Bane. Well, that's a problem. (laughs) I know. Well, so why is Batman beating up Maxi Zeus? He's doing it because he wants somebody to admit it. He needs evidence that Bane is actually running the place. So he starts beating up Zeus, and he wants him to tell Batman, tell him who is actually running Arkham. He needs somebody besides Penguin to corroborate that Bane is in charge. But what does Maxi Zeus do? He just starts reciting poetry from William Blake, a poem called Poison Tree. You know what that poem is all about, Adam? Poisonous tree. The poison tree is a metaphor, which represents, basic, it's a metaphor for a, a tree that bears poisonous fruit. And this tree grows as a result of keeping your anger all pent up inside. Mm, so it's very relevant to Batman. Batman. He's growing a poison tree. Well, I feel like he's letting his anger out all the time, though. Yeah, that's true. But not so in healthy this, ways. So it just builds up, I guess. Zeus, you got to work on your metaphors. This one's a little off. <laughs> Adam, your poison tree is probably huge. Bigger than the tree of Rockefeller. <laughs> My poison tree is like uh, 
What are those huge trees in California? Redwood. Redwood? Yeah. <laughs> Next time we see Batman, he's throwing Firefly, another villain, off a building. And uh, again, just trying to get some information. Tell me. Tell me that Bane is running Gotham. When Firefly finally talks, he claims that Bane just sits in his cell all day. That's it. So still no luck with Firefly. Then we see Batman beating up Kite Man. For for Kite Man, we don't actually see him say anything besides uh, Batman punches him and then Kite Man says, Hell yeah! But we assume that he didn't give Batman any information either. I thought that was funny. You liked Kite Man? Yeah. One thing I like about Kite Man is if you look up any hero or villain on Wikipedia, it'll usually list out kind of uh, bullet points on what their powers are, that sort of thing. For Kite Man, what it says is abilities, excellent hang glider pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess that could be useful. Yeah. And finally, the issue crescendos with Batman beating up, of all people, Signal Man. Adam, he beats up Signal Man. <laughs> Didn't deserve it. <laughs> what that. does Signal Man do? Does he just direct traffic? But like in, in incorrectly so that it inconveniences people. Yeah, he inc- <laughs> he severely inconveniences people. Yeah. So the, 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 I kind of went through all those quickly because Signal Man is the one where it got interesting for me because that's the first one where I actually felt bad for the villain. Where, you know, they're trying to show you that Batman's getting pushed beyond his breaking point and it's making him act rash. And his anger is so bad that normally we like to sit here and we watch Batman beat people up and it's awesome. We cheer him on. But these last couple of issues... At least I've felt a little bit uncomfortable with Batman's actions. And I think that's what they're going for. So, Adam, are you on the page where Batman is beating up Signal Man? Yeah. So let's let's read this page here. And I'll, uh, I'll take Batman's lines and you take Signal Man, all right? All right. I, gotta, I have to strategize my voice here. All right, you can take a second. While you do that, I'll just explain the scene. We're on a rooftop. Signal Man is on his hands and knees, bleeding from the mouth. So he's not looking good. He's already been beat up pretty bad. Beat up so bad that his word bubbles, normally the word bubbles are perfect ovals or circles. These ones are squiggly. So you know his voice is struggling. So he's not doing good. Batman's standing over him, scowling. Are you ready? Yeah. Talk. I don't know what you want, but on the life of my child, if you stop hitting me, I'll give it to you. Arkham. Bane. Everything. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I had the cell next to him. Saw him every day. I'll tell you. I will tell you. Yes. He's broke as anything. Just tucks himself into the corner and cries all day, all night. That's the truth. Oh, my! 
You're supposed to compel you know, me. Uh, yeah, and then Batman kicks him in the face. Yeah, I, I became like more southern as it went along. That was weird. You did you, you sound southern, but you sold that. I actually oh, started really? to feel bad for you. Yeah, that's why you didn't compel me at the end, the way you're supposed to. Well, actually, I got thrown off because you misread his last line the same way that I misread oh, it. Oh, on I, my. I thought he was saying, yeah. I read it the same way, like he was saying, mm. oh my God, but Batman kicks him. He says, that's the truth, on my. I see. I was, uh, now see, I misinterpreted it because since I was getting more Southern unintentionally, when I saw on my, I read it as oh my, but in the sense of like, like oh my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh mercy me. <laughs> did you feel bad for Signal Man the way that I did? Hmm. I mean, I don't know what he does. As far as I know, he's not even a villain. Well, wouldn't that make you feel worse for him? Well, yeah, if it turns out he's not. But as far as I know, he's a serial killer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he's reformed. He was in Arkham, so he's all good now. <laughs> then why is he wearing his costume? <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> his. So I just looked him up on Wikipedia, and his ability yeah. is listed as gimmicked signals. Hmm. I hate when I hate when that happens. <laughs> when you get gimmick signals. So one thing I'll say about Batman here, he is being a little. Doesn't it seem like he's being a little silly here? He needs to prove that Bane is running Arkham. Does going around and beating up people that were recently in Arkham seem like the best way to accomplish that? What do you think? Mm, I think he's he's basically just he's like a a dog who saw a squirrel. You know? All right. He just pick he he just saw uh a plan a course of action and just took it and is just plowing ahead impulsively. Right. So you so think no. he's essentially clouded by anger. Not yeah. thinking straight. I think it'll I think it'll work out for him. But I I believe that his anger is getting the better of him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also think there's another missing piece to what you're talking about, which is that he's letting his anger get the better of him, but he also already let his anger get the better of him. Because if you want to prove that Bane is running Arkham, it's not hard. Right? Set up a couple cameras in Arkham. Watch him in Arkham and prove that he's doing it. That seems like it should be pretty easy to do. The problem is that Batman probably can't get within a mile of Arkham anymore because he screwed that up last issue by breaking his way in under, uh, you know, behind Jim Gordon's back and then getting caught in the act. Jim's no longer on his side. Not only that, Jim is pissed at him. So he'll be extra vigilant in making sure that Batman follows the rules. I think he took away the most logical course of action. He can't go into Arkham anymore. He can't work with Jim Gordon. He can't go the logical route. So now not only is he clouded by anger, but he's also limited his options. He needs to find evidence outside Arkham. So clouded by anger, limited options. He's got to go beat up some villains. Even if it's just a blow off steam, it could help. Yeah, hopefully. Though, judging by the upcoming titles, uh, Nightmares and the Fall of the Fallen, <laughs> I don't know if it'll work. 
Well, that's Batman. There's a little bit more Batman in this issue, but we're going to save it for the end. It's, now, it gets juicy. Now, let's go back to the beginning of the issue and join Jim Gordon. You just say something? Oh, no, just that the end is uh, juicy. The end is Batman. really juicy. It's maybe one of the most exciting endings we've read of any of these comics so far. Well, you already referred, you already referenced it. The beginning of this issue, Jim Gordon wakes up to an alarm. Uh, Jim Gordon gets up, looks in the mirror. Not only does he have a six-pack, but you can see he's got a little bit of a shiner, which is a black eye, you know, from Batman punching him. <laughs> and he goes into his office and calls in Harvey, who's a rather large fellow he might be familiar with. He's kind of a... Uh, I don't know if he's a crooked cop, but a shady cop. Works for Jim. Brings him into his office, and they talk about the Freeze case, where Batman beat up Freeze, unlike how he usually treats his victims. He went too far, went over the line. Then they talked about how he beat up the Beast, the KG Beast, and left him to die. And you and I were speculating, did the Beast die? And we learned he didn't. Because our spies, the spy people, CIA or whoever, they were monitoring the beast via satellite. And when Batman left him there, they went and saved him. And Jim actually speculates maybe Batman knew he was being watched. And that's why he felt comfortable leaving leaving him there lying in the snow. Because Batman would never kill anybody. And when he left him there to die, well, maybe he didn't leave him there to die. Maybe he knew that he was going to be saved. What do you think about it? Do you think Batman knew? Or do you think he intended for the beast to die? It wouldn't take a lot to convince me that he intended for the beast to die. Mm-hmm. But I'm more likely to believe that he he thought he'd probably survive somehow. I think so. I think there's no way that Batman, even if Batman was so angry about Dick Grayson getting shot, and he just wasn't thinking straight. I've got to think Alfred would have done the research, and Batman at least knew that the Beast was being watched. So it might not have been a really deliberate calculation, but I think some part of him knew he was being watched and he was going to be saved. So I don't don't think that. In his mind, I don't think it was a murder. While Jim and Harvey are talking... Jim hears about Maxi Zeus and 13 other cases this very night of Batman just tearing through the city, beating up villains. And Jim, already annoyed with Batman, is not too happy to hear about this. He looks at some of the cases handed to him and asks out loud to Montoya, another detective there, What the hell is going on, Montoya? What's wrong with him? Is he just punching his way through my city? (laughs) So he's pissed. Yeah. So angry. He should be embarrassed. He should be embarrassed to call it his city. He's taking responsibility for this city. (laughs) What is he doing? I know. If I was Montoya, I'd be like, Jim, he, he beat up Signal Man. I mean, the fact that you've got Signal Man, Kite Man, and the Firefly, you've got a guy with a jet pack. That's Firefly, just roaming around the city, causing all sorts of hijinks. You let Zeus go after he killed boys, little kids. 
Doesn't Bane sit on a throne of skulls? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you don't have you, <laughs> you don't have much patience for Jim Gordon right now. No, I don't have much patience for Batman either. You should be executing all these people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's I know that that's not keeping in line with it. That's not how this universe uh, works. So, well, how do you feel? About I, I, sh- I should approach it month. on its own terms. Yeah, exactly. I don't like the way that you are judging Batman. You're. I'll say this: you got to walk on eggshells a little bit because earlier you compared Batman to a dog chasing a squirrel. I almost ended the podcast right there. <laughs> yeah, that is, I mean, that is pretty offensive. Look, I well, lo- I'll say this. Jim- yeah, I ahead. like Batman and I respect him. Um, I just know that I wouldn't have the same amount of self-control that he does when it comes to killing people. Hold on. I think you misspoke. You said you like Batman. I do. You love Batman. I love Batman. Yeah. I'm in love with Batman. He's like a father to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how do you feel about Jim Gordon's next move? He borrows a baseball bat, goes up to the roof, and he (laughs) screams, no more, and then busts the bat signal, destroys it. Yeah. I mean, if it helps him calm down, I guess. That seemed a little impulsive, too, because you know he's going to need that bat signal again. Yeah, yeah, he'll he can easily fix it though, and he's got to let off some steam or else he'll have a poison tree. How come Batman's poison tree can't be cured by him beating up everyone, but in your mind, Commissioner Gordon's can be cured by breaking physical objects? Be, I'll tell you why. Because the anger that they each have is a response to things happening around them. And the things that happen to Batman are a lot more severe than the things that happen to Jim. You look at what happened to Batman. His Basically, his quasi-son got shot in the head and lost his memory. His heart got broken you know, by Catwoman leaving him at the altar. So he's his poison tree, it's going to take a lot to cut that thing down. But Jim, what happened to Jim? Somebody's beating up a bunch of bad people that honestly... He shouldn't have been allowing them to be roaming around the city anyway. It's a much smaller poison tree. Mm. All right. That was a good explanation. Well, let me give you, there's a layer, some layers here that I feel like you maybe are missing because Batman has been losing a lot of relationships recently. He lost Catwoman and he lost Nightwing. And we've been led to believe that both of those were the result of machinations. Is it machinations or machinations? Ma- machinations, I think. Okay. The result, so Batman lost Catwoman and Nightwing as a result of machinations from Bane. Well, he just lost another relationship, his relationship with Jim Gordon. Might that also be part of Bane's plan? Do you think this was an intended consequence or just a symptom? Uh, my first instinct is to say it's a happy accident for Bane, mm-hmm. but I, it's possible that he, he could anticipate that, uh, Commissioner Gordon would believe Bane had gone insane or more insane, 
whereas right. Batman wouldn't. And so he could have anticipated this would cause some kind of contention between them. Yeah, I think it's not too difficult a calculation. He knows that Batman, to borrow your analogy now, as much as I hate to do it, Bane mm. knows that he can dangle the bait of Bane's running goth, uh, running Arkham. He can dangle that bait, and he knows that Batman will go after it like a dog chasing a squirrel. And I think you could do the math and say that's going to pit him against Jim Gordon and the other authorities even more than usual. So I think that this was intended. He's severing all relationships that Bruce Wayne has. Speaking of relationships, we have a budding friendship forming as we speak between Alfred and Penguin. So let's go back to the beginning of the issue and let's run through the Alfred and Penguin story arc here. Unless you have anything else to say about Jim Gordon. I hope he gets his stuff together. Me too. Me too. Penguin is being held in a cage, blindfolded in the Batcave. And Alfred is essentially babysitting him. (laughs) Now, earlier in the issue, Zeus was reciting poetry from William Blake. While he was doing that, the comic cut from him to Alfred saying, poetry, clearly in reply to Penguin off panel, bringing up the poem that he's been obsessed with, the Shakespeare poem, The Phoenix and the Turtle Dove, the one that's written on his future gravestone and the one that's written on Penny's gravestone, the woman he loved, his wife, who recently died. He asks Alfred if he knows the poem, and of course, Alfred, a very learned person, he knows it, and they start reciting it together, back and forth. And we continue off panel. You can tell that Penguin asked Alfred if he understands the poem, and Alfred clearly claims that he does, and Penguin, he's very pompous here. We talked before about kind of the smug, you know, people who read the book before seeing the movie. Penguin gives me some of those vibes here because he says, I don't think you do, which is nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> Many people find this, fo- this poem confounding, which is true, actually. If you look, historically, there's been a lot of conflicting ideas about what the poem actually means uh, and Alfred comments in the poem saying it's it's pretty and Penguin corrects him and says no no it's horrible and he's and got now, tears streaming under his uh, his, his blindfold blindfold that uh, yeah now I wanted to I forgot to say this at the beginning of the issue but One thing I wanted to say is that this whole idea that Penguin is the one sane Batman villain, that's pretty much out the window in this issue, right? Mm. Let's let's okay. Let's go through this scene and then see how you see if that changes your answer because maybe you forgot a little bit of what we saw here. First, before we get into that, so Alfred's going to open up the cage. He's got to give Penguin dinner. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's really committed to the penguin thing. (laughs) No, no, before we get to that. But he didn't squawk once. (laughs) 
Um, he he had a squawk like sound at one point. Uh. Actually, <laughs> uh, are you on the page with the feeding? Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning yeah. of that page, Alfred has a really badass line as he's going to open the cage to feed Alfred. I mean, to feed Penguin. Can you, I, you do a great, like, old man, not that he's old, but you do a great mm-hmm. older, refined British man voice. Okay. Can you read us this line? I do not enjoy violence. However, I am going to open your door in order to feed you. If you attempt anything untoward, I will reluctantly and skillfully engage in violent activity despite my reservations. Nice. Very nicely done. I wanted you to read that because I wanted to emphasize to you, you think Alfred's just a butler. You have no respect for Alfred. But he's actually, <laughs> he, he is, uh, he's very skilled. He can fight. All right? I believe it. Okay. He then and he he can he knows his way around a an anchovy. He he starts feeding penguin anchovies, like you <laughs> yeah. would feed an actual penguin at the zoo. What He's, I like is not only does he have this like plate of anchovies there. Do you notice it's got a little garnish on it? Oh no no let me see I did not notice that. Oh yeah, little green garnish. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the the penguin has blindfold on, so he can't see the garnish. Yeah, so, so <laughs> Alfred has to take these fish by the tail, suspend them over Penguin's mouth, and Penguin's got to go. Oh, oh, oh. All right, so tell me, Penguin, that alone, doesn't that disqualify him from saying he's sane? I mean, he's got dietary preferences. Okay, well, that wasn't the only reason I made that comment, because... Uh, Penguin starts to explain what the poem means and why it's so horrible and it's not pretty. He goes on about how it's about the death of love. That's sad. Without love, according to Penguin, there is no hope, no redemption, no society. There's just the cry of the birds. Is that true, Adam? Without love, there is no hope, no society. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Explain. If you don't, if people don't care about each other, or you don't have families or are close, if people don't support one another, society would be, uh, would crumble. All right. So you side with Penguin on this one. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to go grab a plate of anchovies next. I would try it. Not a whole plate of them, but I've never had one isolated anchovy. I did once, and for, uh, to to me, it really just tasted like a salt bomb. Just like mm. I took a a handful of salt and just threw it all in my mouth with a hint of fishiness to it. That's uh, what it tasted like to me. Maybe on a pizza. Yeah. Well, that was not the only reason I formed that opinion of Penguin. Because, okay, he's going on about how the poem is horrible. It's about the death of love. He's, he's weeping. He is crying like crazy. And he's yeah. talking about how when Penny died, he felt horrible. And he starts, he goes on, he says, I can still feel her touching me, her beautiful black feathers, her petite sun-drenched beak 
Oh, Penny, my pretty little... And then he's cut off by a mysterious voice. Penguin. Are you seeing what's going on here? He says, my pretty little... Somebody else says, penguin. You read yeah, that all together? Yeah. Penny was a penguin. His wife. Wait, but not literally. Was she? I took it literally. Hmm. I thought he was just... You know what? You you might be right. Uh, maybe he is crazy. I thought he was just speaking metaphorically. Like her black feathers was just her hair. Her sun-drenched beak is <laughs> her uh, lips. Lips. Oh. Oh, you know what? That's funny. I, I didn't even consider... Now that you're putting it into context, he is talking about birds and he might be speaking metaphorically. I don't know. It might have been a bird. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I think this is... Wait. Yeah. No, go ahead. I think this is intentionally unclear. I think Tom King wants us to debate if she's actually a penguin or a human. I like I like that we're in this position of having to wonder. Um, I'm going to stick by the, the claim that it's a human, though, because uh, weren't they talking about like not inviting the 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 penny's father oh (laughs) so unless they're talking about not inviting just a father penguin (laughs) oh damn it he didn't know her like i did that's true i've been walking around all day so excited to talk about how penguin Mm -hmm. was in love with an actual penguin you ruined it for you know i had a a nice eight hours there where i believed it was true Uh, those are eight hours that it'll you'll never be able to relive again I'm going to just make up in my head that she was human. But just like in that movie Tusk by Kevin Smith, he he transformed her into a penguin through a, a gruesome scientific procedure. Hmm. Let's go with that. That's love. So Penguin is cut off by a mysterious voice. Penguin. What? Who? Don't be afraid. We knew what you'd do, and you've done it well. We are pleased. Where is the man? You can't, the, whoever you are, Batman is coming. Oh, Cobblepot, don't you understand? Batman isn't coming. I'm already here. Squawk! <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I didn't tell them. I didn't say a word about you. Just Bane. Bane was all. It was just Penny. If it hadn't... If you hadn't... No! And then the comic panel kind of zooms in on Penguin. So he's still blindfolded. It appears that Alfred's been taken out of the picture and some other mysterious person has come onto the scene to attack Penguin. And whoever this mysterious person is, it seems like, right, Penguin's assuring him, all I did was talk about Bane. So maybe this person is behind the scenes, even more Mm. behind the scenes than Bane. And Bane is not the main culprit, but is a puppet for this mysterious person, is how I read this scene initially. Mm, Yeah, me too. And then, let's go right to the end. Batman, he returns to the Batcave. He's looking for Alfred, and he finds him lying on the floor... Woozy. Yeah, let me let's let's do this. All right, let's pick up from uh, where I'll be Batman, 
and you're Alfred. Let's go through this last scene here. Yeah. Alfred? Uh, Alfred, are you? Batman, he's here. <laughs> this is it's the same voice you use. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but he, listen, this is an older guy and he just got beat up. Yeah. The, the Halloween spooktacular, Adam had to do the voice of an old man. And this is exactly the same voice. This is great. Yeah. I also did the voice of an old butler. That's true. <laughs> In that That's same your uh, episode. Your yeah. typecast. Yeah, it's true. I've always felt like an old man. Yeah, you've always acted like one. You know, you've always been very <laughs> mature for your age. But <laughs> I, I was going to go with weary, but. Weary, yeah. You're a weary world traveler. But now you're going to be just like Mark Hamill, only known for one role. <laughs> Luke Skywalker and Joker, you know, in animation. So that's hmm. your old man Butler. That's the only role you can you do. You do a lot worse. All right, let's repeat that. Are you <laughs> Batman? He's here. You're who? He's here. <laughs> who? Who is here? Your father. And Batman crouched over. Alfred, behind Batman is is Batman, a bigger Batman, a mean, menacing-looking yeah. Batman. You know how Batman's got those, you know, the little spikes on his he- helmet for ears? Yeah. He's got similar spikes on his shoulders. Yes. And the spikes on his demonic. head are a little curved, yeah. more devil-like. His, his eyes are glowing red, part of his belt, and his chest is glowing red. Adam. You being unfamiliar with some of the some of the history of Batman, some of the finer details. You read this, what do you think is going on? At first I thought he was having some kind of hallucination. Cause and then I thought I was having some kind of hallucination. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm I'm wondering, okay, is there something about the, the history w- within this run that I'm not aware of? Um, or is this as shocking to even readers who are familiar with Batman as it was for me? So I'll fill you in on some details. It is shocking, but maybe not as shocking for a maybe not as shocking for a seasoned Batman reader like myself. <laughs> but still shocking. Years ago, you might be familiar, and we've talked a little bit about the new fifty-two. That's where DC released a uh, rebooted universe. And where that rebooted universe came from was an event called Flashpoint, where Barry Allen, the Flash, went back in time to prevent his mother from being murdered. But when he did that, it created a rippling effect across the timeline, changed the future. And when you mess with the past, Adam, it doesn't just change future events that are linked to whatever you changed. It sends a rippling effect that can alter the timeline, even events that took place before what you did. A rippling effect. When Flash returns to the present, he finds that the world has been altered. And in this new reality, in the Flashpoint reality, it's not Bruce Wayne's parents that got killed. It's Bruce himself as a child. He is killed And then his father, Thomas Wayne, becomes Batman. 
Martha Wayne, Bruce's mom, so troubled by the death of her son, so shattered by it mentally, she becomes the Joker. Uh, what? <laughs> dark, dark timeline. And what is that called? What what run is that? That's Flashpoint. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. And basically, Flash works with Thomas Wayne, the Flashpoint version of Batman. And this version of Batman is a lot more ruthless, a lot more badass, a deeper voice even, bigger guy, Thomas Wayne. Flash works with Thomas to, to fix the timeline even though that means erasing Thomas from existence because he's going to set the timeline right, which means that Thomas is going to be dead in this new timeline where Bruce becomes Batman. But once Thomas learns of his son, that his son grew up and became a hero in this other timeline, of course he's going to sacrifice himself. So he does. But strangely enough, in in this current run of Batman, Flash and Batman... uh, they find that the Flashpoint universe is still around, which really doesn't make any sense because that was an alternate future. They set the timeline straight. It shouldn't exist anymore. But some force has kept Flashpoint in existence. So Thomas Wayne still exists in this alternate reality. When they So they, they go to this Flashpoint, this alternate reality. That reality starts to collapse. And before it all disappears, Thomas tells Batman to stop being Batman. You know, go and have a life. Be happy. Obviously, Bruce Wayne ignored him. Adam, one more thing I got to tell you here. Remember I mentioned to you that Bane was behind Catwoman leaving Batman at the altar. Yeah. And then after that, Bane was sitting in Arkham, surrounded by Batman's rogues gallery, And he says to all of them, you know, we broke the Batman. He's broken. In that rogues gallery, one of the people standing there was this version of Batman, Mm. Thomas Wayne. And a few episodes ago, I told you that that standing near Bane was a statue of Batman. Yeah. Looking back at that, I now suspect that it was not a statue. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering why he'd have a Batman statue. I thought maybe it's like they're just it's, you know, subliminal advertising to get people to buy more Batman statues. Yeah. So it's just that... a trick of perspective. Right, exactly. Um so it looks like Thomas Wayne somehow survived Flashpoint disappearing and he's some kind of a villain or something. Here's my here's one hypothesis. All right. The the only positive spin I can put on Thomas Wayne's actions, yeah, is the possibility that he is going nuts for some reason and trying to free his son from the burden of being Batman by destroying everything that ties him to that identity. That's what I was thinking. I was actually thinking the same thing that he is so crazy obsessed with trying to free Batman from this burden that he's doing whatever it takes. He's saying, look at what it costs to be Batman. You lose everything as Batman. So go be Bruce Wayne, be a rich playboy. Enjoy your life. I'll be Batman now. (laughs) (laughs) But this is the problem with these Batman. 
They can't communicate. <laughs> yeah. They can only communicate with their fists. Right. Little Batman gets mad and so he starts beating up a bunch of D-list villains. Big Batman wants to help his son, so he starts shooting innocent people in the head. You know, Nightwing. Yeah, and beating up his loyal manservant. Yeah. And maybe killing Penguin. We don't know what happened to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What an issue. Yeah, wow. That was cool. So do you think, going back to my earlier point, Penguin, can we can we agree that he is not as sane as he claims to be? He's, he's in a state of grief. And, you know, in the medical world, uh, as long as you're not really a harm to yourself, if, you're, if you had a loss of a loved one and you're grieving, uh, it's not considered psychosis if you actually hallucinate the voice of the person you lost. That's considered extreme, but still within the healthy range of, of grief. Really? Yeah. So I have, I have a higher um, threshold for the point at which I'll call someone insane when they're in, in a grief state like Penguin is. Wow. Would that count for Batman then? Dick Grayson didn't die, but he came close. Well, so here... Uh, I, Here's the problem with trying to diagnose these people. Because um, we, in that case, basically everyone in this comic would would have some kind of like psychiatric disorder. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. No, fair, fair. So that may be Alfred. Yeah, Alfred's got a good head on his shoulders. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good place to end, to end on a positive note. Because I think that's yeah. going to be, that may be the last positive note we have in this series for a while. <laughs> yeah, the next are the nightmares. Alfred's a pretty sharp guy. And then He's the got a good head, on, good head on his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go into our new segment, which we introduced last week, Editor's Corner. This is your favorite segment, Adam, because that's we right. get to talk about anything we want. Nothing's off the table. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I thought we did Editor's Corner already. No, we did a little bit, a little tiny bit of Editor's Corner because we mm. talked about how we're going to start reading back issues of Batman and oh, yeah. catch up on this run. Um, Have you done anything to celebrate Christmas yet? Uh, I've discussed the upcoming Gil Reads Comics Christmas Spooktacular. Spooktacular? I, I forget what we're calling it. Spectacular. Spectacular. That, mean, that makes more sense. <laughs> and we canceled that. We're not doing it. Huh? No, nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, that would be like canceling Christmas. This the Christmas worst. Spectacular is going to be amazing. We're going to be back in the studio like we were for the Spooktacular. We're going to have a Santa outfit. We're going to be performing some Christmas comics from the 50s back when... People didn't know any better. Everything was, everything was great. <laughs> Nobody was. Batman was. Wasn't fighting. He was his just dad. a detective. He was just a detective. Everything was better. We're gonna go back to that time, and celebrate right. Christmas right. With a with just a box full of comics, a mug full of hot cocoa, and a big white fluffy beard. 
Do you have any any Christmas movies you like? Uh, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Never Give Up, Never Surrender. Is is that that one? That's Toy Story. No, it's not. Never Give Up, Never Surrender. Oh, no, that's Galaxy Quest. I haven't seen Galaxy Quest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, one other idea I want to throw out to you with uh, with Gil Reed's Oh, wait, comics. you know what? You're right. Yeah. It was Galaxy What am I Post, thinking right? of? The, but the, okay, j- wait. Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays like a superhero type guy, right? No. Like an action. Uh, Opposite. He's just a dad. What am I thinking? To get a toy. You're thinking of Predator. No. Wait, wait, wait. He's the dad trying to get the toy. Yeah. But doesn't he like dress up as a toy at some point? That might be. That might be the case. I saw this movie time. so long ago. But he dresses up as the toy. Okay. Isn't there something that he says that's like the toy's catchphrase? Probably. There probably is. Yeah. The abdicator. Is that what it was? No, that was from Hey Arnold. Oh, you know what? Buzz Lightyear did say that too. Oh. Wait, and that's the same actor, Tim Allen. Uh, oh, okay. So that makes sense. So then. it's a reference. Yeah. Let's wrap it up there. Okay. <laughs> it sounds the like Christmas the Christmas special is, is going to be um, a lot more researched yeah. and well-organized. <laughs> I want to keep going, but it sounds like the apocalypse is happening outside my window right now. There's mm. all kinds of cars beeping and sirens going by. So we'll wrap it up Oh, do, do you have to get changed real quick? Exactly. Oh, don't, don't give away my <laughs> secret identity. You're signal man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm signal man. Dude, gimmicky. I signals. gotta go. I gotta go tell the cop car to go the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy pointing left, but I, mean, I knew we had to go right, so I just kind of ignored him. That signal Arrest man is that a man. real, real nuisance. I'm Gil, and I read comics. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating, or if you have time, a review in Apple's podcast app. It really helps us out, helps us get more listeners, which will make it more fun for all of us. And if you want to get involved in the show, if you want to send in your feedback, comments, questions, if there's a particular comic you'd like us to talk about, then you can reach out via email gilreadscomics at gmail.com or check us out on Twitter at gilreadscomics.